Welcome to the 30-Minute Week Podcast on WFUVsports.org. Yes, and welcome back to the 30-Minute Week Podcast. I am your host, Reed Horner, joined by Manny Adeye. And we're back. Yes, we are. And, yeah. and a new co-host for today. Emmanuel, say your last name. Barbari. Say it last Burbari. N- again. Barbari. Make him remember it. All right. So thank you guys <laughs> for being here. We haven't see- listened to you guys in a while. You haven't listened to us. Today is Tuesday, November twenty eighth. My mistake. Oh goodness, Reed, um, wake up. I know, right? We've been sleeping since the last episode. Have I? I wish I've been sleeping. I've, in fact, I've rarely slept since our last episode. You don't sleep at all. As I general. don't. It's good. I don't. It's all good. It's phenomenal. More, more time for the world to get to know all your craziness. Anyway, so guys. I think we actually have a pretty fun topic to get into today, and uh, hopefully everyone listening is we into it too. It's pretty much, who is the most misunderstood athlete in sports? And I know that sounds kind of bland, and even the term misunderstood is kind of up to your suggestion, right? So, like, whether someone, he's a lot better than people realize, or he's maybe like even not a nice guy, I really wanted, or she. She, you know, very well. good point. It's all up to you. Um, Manny... Uh, the taller Manny. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. go with you first. Wait, do people call you Manny? No, but I'd say that's weird. No, I... this is E Man, right? E Man, yeah. E Man's fine. You Gosh. both are really much, way much taller than me. I so can't even like. Me. It's weird even saying your name. You know, it's weird saying your own name. It's just y- you know what it is? I have actually no professional experience. I'm just really into guys with the name Manny. Emmanuel, Look, we're both Emmanuel, know? so we share I know. that. <laughs> we share that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Manny, you're gonna start off. Who is your most misunderstood athlete in sports? Um, for me, I thought this was, you know, when you told me about this, what, less than an hour ago. Yeah. Keeping you on your toes. <laughs> Keeping <laughs> you on your toes, buddy. Keeping me on my toes. <laughs> it was simple, though. I uh, I thought about Ricky Williams. You know, this guy was a, a NFL running back who, when he started playing, when, when he played his college uh, ball at Texas. Crazy. Crazy. The man was phenomenal. Like, outstanding player he was on a scholarship paid by a professional baseball team just to play football in college a lot, a lot of people did not know that so and then and then he went through this whole thing with uh being drafted by the saints not really performing well him and coach dicka and to him being uh he failed four drug tests uh in the nfl to the point I, where he, i do think yeah. it's fair the number one thing i mean I, I know like you that ricky williams was great and i don't know what your take on this is emmanuel but I think that Ricky Williams is super talented, but I'm not going to lie. The first thing I think about, especially as someone who grew up in Miami when he was on the team. Exactly. First thing I think about, Ricky Williams, drugs. Yeah, it's crazy because a lot of people, like, the man, I mean, who can blame you, though? The man failed four drug tests in his span of his NFL career. He left the game at one point just, just to leave the game. Didn't serve a suspension for failing the drug test and left and walked away, came back and all that good stuff. So uh, the thing is, I find he's misunderstood because of that reason, like you said, you're from but what Miami. A, what about him is misunderstood? The fact exactly. that he's actually a very deep intellectual individual who is not all about smoking. The man that doesn't even smoke anymore. He only smoked once he entered uh, the NFL. That's like he tells his story, you know, in this documentary I watched like two or three years ago. And I still remember to this. So day. you're not saying his abilities misunderstood. You're saying his no, character no, no, no. He's one of the few. The one the uh, the few. I want to say the list is about twenty six, twenty seven. Uh, of guys, running backs who have clips over 10,000 yards. The man is phenomenal. And this is a guy who's walked away from the league during his span of playing. So so let me just get him this straight. Off, yeah, him off the field. That's what's misunderstood. So basically you think most people look at Ricky Williams as a talented guy who threw his career away because of drugs. And correct me if I'm wrong, please. You're saying he's more of a talented guy who, yes, struggled with addiction like many people in this world do. 
but that the reason he left football, maybe he's not a part of it anymore, isn't just because he couldn't handle his addiction. It's because he's a more intellectual person that decided to grow outside of the game. Yes, he was more of like his everything about him was more mental than, more than anything. Like he was almost seen as like as like a weird type of hippie, you know, just in like playing in, two, in the two thousands. But you don't think his career ended because of drugs? You think he ended because no. of him? Yes. Thought, man, what do you think? I'm, I'm telling you, his thought process is so different. See, all I all I view Ricky Williams as is a really talented running back who who got distracted by by those drugs. So I think that's how every sports fan will will interpret him, and that's clearly – I would say it's clear that that halted his career. I, would I say, think it I, hindered I, it a lot. I think one of the misconceptions <laughs> of, of athletes and in, in all sports is that – Athletes like if if something if they're if they're you know they're a professional athlete and let's say they fail the drug test, is that oh they they're not focused they don't care about the team and their mind is more well, on can, that. Can we be honest too? I mean maybe this is uncomfortable for a lot of people, but there is a racial aspect to where like the majority of the NBA, the majority of the NFL is African American, yeah. and there is that s- stigma whether you like it or not with the African American communities, African American men in general, and drugs and crimes in this country and that's what i'm saying and adds to that and you and people miss out like i can't i think it, it might have been the football life you know how the nfl does the, the football life documentaries if you guys go and watch that on ricky williams it is the most <laughs> one of the most fascinating things i've watched i'm telling you i watched about two years ago and i remember to this day it's it's ridiculous the man he's he's just so different ricky i'm not williams. saying i disagree with you i know but see but you're, I... you're you're part of the problem not like saying it's a problem but you're one of the people who misunderstand them that's okay <laughs> that's okay that's i why mean I'm here. Yeah. Yes and no. I think you're not wrong, but I'm not going to look at. I still think drugs really deter, really tore apart. Uh, the drugs career. played a factor. Okay. In well, what that's happened. we're not opinion. saying it didn't. Well, obviously. he had five really great NFL seasons when you look at it. That were spaced out. You, you that were very spaced out. You think he could have? He wouldn't have had more if it wasn't for drugs. But put it like this, he had a chance to be. So, Ricky Williams, the Super Bowl where the Ravens played the 49ers a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah. many years ago. The Blackout Bowl. Yeah, the Blackout Bowl. There we go. He he was at that Super Bowl, not as a member of the Ravens, which he was about two years before. As a ball boy, right? As a photographer. <laughs> even, even worse. He was here as a photographer. And, and, and he was... He was like in his documentary. He talks about how he was just so happy to be in the presence of his teammates, in the presence of, like in the in the atmosphere. Yeah, he, yeah. He's finally made to the Super Bowl, and first of all, the pictures he took were phenomenal. They were amazing, <laughs> and like he's just like his thought process is fire. It's so different. Like, trust me, everyone, go watch the documentary. You'll you'll figure it out. All right. Well, I don't think you're wrong, but there's definitely maybe I, I, I think know, you're underestimating the drugs and how wrong. that kind of just let us No, see, I'm not. Under- <laughs> first of all, there's no problem with him doing drugs. I'm not underestimating the drugs. I'm just saying he's misunderstood. That's it. I didn't say there's no. Well, there's that's no, respectable. Yeah, we all know he smoked weed. Misunderstood is a very uh, yeah. Don't it's a term that's word. very open to interpretation. We all know he smoked yeah. weed. People smoke weed all the time. I won't tell you who smoked weeds here, but people smoke weed. <laughs> smoke weeds. <laughs> yeah, everyone anyway, smokes yeah, weeds. Yeah, plural, plural. All the weeds. I got you. But I'll, I'll move on before we get in trouble, man. E-Man, you know, Emmanuel, E-Man, who is your most misunderstood athlete in sports? Well, we wanted to get a baseball player uh, on this podcast, so I'm going to go A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. In what way? This is interesting. That's very interesting. I I think he's misunderstood in the fact that clearly he was a steroid user, and that's that's obvious. But I think there were a vast majority of players in the 21st century in Major League Baseball that were steroid users. And I think that it kind of turned into a controlling factor throughout the league. So if you take his performance – 
based off the fact that it was a controlling factor, performance enhancing drugs, you're still looking at one of the greatest players of all time. And I also think if you're looking at character-wise with Alex Rodriguez, what he's turned himself into. So what do you, what is misunderstood about him? Because I think of him like Ricky Williams, not like Ricky Williams, but the first thing I think about A-Roz is a sleazy guy Nuts. who is super talented but too into himself. You are too. terrible. You know what? You are just terrible. Whatever. Due to disrespect, A-Roz. I, I think, think, his, I think his greatness was misunderstood. I think his greatness was misunderstood. But he lied. There were a lot of players. He did that that lie. He's American. There were a lot of players <laughs> that, that lied. What, what do you mean? Was it all Americans lie? All people lie. Then we're not exactly. going to get into that. I'm talking about the idea yeah. is that there were a lot of steroid oh. users throughout the era that were sleazy, that lied, that were just bad okay. individuals. But A Rod, his greatness, he was always the villain throughout the 21st century, with a, an abundance of players who were doing the same thing. It was because he was great, and people didn't understand that they were witnessing one of the greatest players of all time. Facts. I'm not necessarily arguing against that. I, what I'm trying to say is how, like, how do you just, just distinguish what he's misunderstood? Because you, you can't just say, like, oh, what about them? As in, like, other people around him were the same way, so that's why he's misunderstood. I get it, but that's not, that's just, it's the what about theory. Uh, it's the what about technique that is used in politics or whatever. It's, it's, it's the deflection of blame. It doesn't absolve one of their actions. What I'm saying is what Alex Rodriguez still did was lied to millions of fans and baseball teams. He uh, used steroids, even though I do believe he did have the talent to be a Hall of Famer without it. He used it. admits that he used it. And I agree with you and, on that. I completely agree with you on that. And I'm not trying to absolve it and say, oh, A-Rod's a good person. The steroids didn't matter. The steroids didn't happen. The lying didn't happen. I'm not trying to justify that. What I'm trying to say is he was better than the others who did the same thing. Yeah. And a lot of people... And you think he's assumed to not be. Yeah. They use the steroids as a... That's the whole point. Yeah. They use the steroids as a way to say (laughs) Alex Rodriguez wasn't great. And I think he still would have been great, as you mentioned, without the steroids. Yeah. So... so Any man who has J-Lo is great. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And, and now I mean, he's, he's almost that simple with A-Rod. He's, he's, he's playing the game of life really well exactly. right now. Exactly. Which has nothing to do with my argument. But what I'm saying is people every, tried to use steroids as a way to, to say cheater, 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 and that's all they focused on. I think people did not focus on how great of a baseball player he was, and that's how he's misunderstood. Okay, well, we can agree to disagree. My guy, you guys want to know who my misunderstood athlete is? And I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for this or tweets. Whatever the kids do now. Speaking of, you guys can follow each of us on Twitter if you want to let us know what you think about oh, the show. Yeah. They're on the WFUV.org post below this episode. Anyways, my misunderstood guy is the one and only, his airness, Michael Jordan. Um, I don't think he's misunderstood as a great basketball Here player. It is interesting. I think Here he's misunderstood go. as the greatest basketball player of all time, which in my opinion, he is not. Oh, this, okay. is, this, is, this is amazing. Um. There are very few things me and Reed agree on, and this is one of them. What I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make this argument about who is. I'm gonna tell you why I think Michael Jordan is uh, overhyped in a, in a in a big sense of the word. You know what I think he what he is is the greatest marketed basketball player of all time. Right. I don't think he's necessarily the greatest basketball player of all time. So one of the major arguments is. Uh, six championships. So one of the major arguments people use to go against Michael, other players who could rival his status, is saying that, oh, like they need help, right? They need they 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 can't win by themselves. But if you look at Michael Jordan's career, during the times where he played alongside Magic, competed against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, 
he couldn't beat any of their, them in his prime. 84-85, he lost in the first round in Milwaukee. 85-86, got swept in the first round by the Boston Celtics. The next year, got swept again by the Celtics. Lost in the second round, 87-88, to the Detroit Pistons. 88-89, second round loss to the Pistons. 89-90, Eastern Conference Finals loss to the Detroit Pistons. And he never won a championship without one or more All-Star during those seasons. Players who have won a championship with other All-Stars on their team is Isaiah Thomas, Hakeem Olajuwon, da- uh, Dallas Mavericks when they beat the Heat with Dirk Nowitzki, uh, Ben Wallace during the Detroit Pistons, that upset they had there, even the Spurs ben in 2003. Wallace. All these points I'm making are to say that, yeah, Michael Jordan individually is a great player, but he's not one that I look as the greatest of all time, and I think many of us have romanticized his career because, let's face it, the, the the leaders of our generation nowadays are the ones who, at least in sports, are the ones who grew up watching him. Oh, yeah. It's going to be different real soon. And he's marketed. He's marketed in an amazing way, and I'll never take that away from him. But if you go by the numbers, if you go by the results, and you take the emotion out of it, which is very hard to do, it seems, nowadays especially, Michael Jordan, it could be made, the argument could be made that he's not even a top five player in the NBA history. And I'm, oh, and the hate tweets are coming now, but. Slow down, Reed. I'm right, telling you. Reed, I want you to me- name for me one player in NBA history that's won a championship alone. The idea is not winning it alone. What I said is that. But, I just but named LeBron you. struggled through the same thing. Oh, in, what, I'm doing, what, I'm, what I'm doing Someone right now LeBron. is I don't want to turn this argument. This is where we get into a problem. I'm not turning this argument in the sense of comparing Michael Jordan to another player. But what I'm telling you is that Michael Jordan isn't this god figure who carried the Bulls to championships. I, I just named to you other players who won championships without another all-star on their team, Michael Jordan not being one of them. And on top of that, the year he quit baseball, people forget he quit basketball, I mean, to go play baseball. The Bulls only lost two less games and still yeah. made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It went from 50, 57 to 55, I believe. And you need to take this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying Michael Jordan is like Brian Scalabrini. I'm just saying he's not the greatest player of all time. He's and not the greatest teammate. Under- he's the, he's yeah. not the all-time leading scorer. All-time assist player. Like, what I'm saying is what does he do that's so great that makes him so much better than everyone else? I understand the basis of your argument, but the reason I mention LeBron is because if you're going to say he's not the best player of all time, you're basically saying... LeBron's better because he's the only one that compares. Okay, but the thing is, I don't want... The only reason I say I don't want to turn into the argument because people will then use that as the argument. And what I want to say, what I want to highlight in this misunderstood athletes part of the show is that how we just misunderstand Michael's career and why that leads to us calling him the greatest player of all time. Not that he's great... Not that he's not an amazing player or an all-time great player. What I'm saying is that he's, he's... He's kind of built up through more, and, he, and he's propped up. I think a lot of it has to do with the way they marketed him in the 90s. You know what I mean? He had the championships, but if you. Okay, also on top of this, between 1988 and 1995, when the Chicago Bulls had their great run of success, right, guys? They had the ch- six championships, whatever, everything yeah. really went well. The NBA's popularity. Uh, it was it was growing, but they also during that time for that reason they had added six expansion teams during that era: Miami, Charlotte, Minnesota, Orlando, Vancouver, and Toronto. Twenty-seven percent of the league's players, therefore, were redistributed among the incoming teams, which then dilutes the t- level of talent you play against. The year MJ won his sixth title, there were six teams that did not make it past 20 wins. 20% of the NBA lost more than 60 games. So if you want to make the argument that, oh, well, he had to play during a really hard era with great players, I mean, I don't even think that's true. Again, when he was with those great players, as I said in the beginning of this rant, he lost in the first round, second round, got swept sometimes, lost once to Eastern Conference. Yeah, great job, get a, participa- get a participation trophy. And then during that era of dominance... That was like arguably, I'd say, actually, 
on a team-by-team basis the weakest time in the NBA history. I understand what you're saying, but plenty of great players have lost and gotten bounced in the No, no, no I'm not saying that, round. but okay, okay. I don't, this is hard. He, he's a my, he's an MJ guy. No, what I'm telling you, though, is that he's the, my, And I didn't even witness this is, him. This is the Manny but, alter ego. But the argument is, and Manny, tell me if I'm wrong, the argument is that, oh, he won six championships. Well, I'm telling you, these six championships, mm, they happened during this expansion era. Listen, oh, he's, he's the greatest winner of all time. Well, he couldn't win until he had Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, which other players need. But then if that's your argument, I'm telling you there are other players who have won with that All-Stars in their team, Michael Jordan not being one of them. I just want someone to point out the reason I'm wrong. Because I'm, what I'm saying is all fact. But then, but okay, I'm, I'm, this, this is a funny thing because, Reed, like I said, we agree on very few things. This happens to be the number one I thing. I think the sky on. is blue. You call it green. I know. It's weird. It's so weird because <laughs> it's, it's definitely not blue. Anyway, <laughs> the fact of the matter is Michael Jordan, phenomenal basketball player. One, one, of, the, one of the greatest. Is he the greatest of all time? No. So, in, in this sense, he is overrated. And the facts are all there. This, this, like, this is one thing I'm going to say. I'm not going to make it a big MJ-LeBron debate. That's exactly but what I don't want to turn it into. That's not, that's not what I don't want to – listen, it could turn into that because LeBron wins every time. But if you, if you think about <laughs> someone's greatness, it's like having them and not having them. And in the sense of that, MJ went to go play baseball. He his, quit basketball. His team went from 57 wins to 55 wins. Like, Did they how, win a championship, though? They went to the Eastern that's Conference a, Finals. That's fine. That's, that makes so much sense. Yes. Did they if you want to compare it to someone like LeBron, when LeBron left the Cavs, they lost that's 40 my more point. games. LeBron led the, the Cavaliers. I'm not comparing it to someone else, they, they, he was not good. They weren't even just affected as as a uh, as a team. That whole the Ohio, Cleveland, that whole state, their whole economy was affected. Michael Jordan does not have the same effect that LeBron has. It's that simple. And we're that much better than somebody else. Things like that happen. And I know this isn't MJ LeBron debate, it's not, but, it's not, I'm but I'm defending hey. MJ here. Even though I think LeBron is a better player, and, and I think he should be ranked ahead of MJ in all-time players. There we uh, go. So, what makes MJ so great? Just an all-around phenomenal player who did it better than anyone else. Did what? LeBron's better. doing it better than him right now. Okay, guys, 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 guys. You're saying it. What is it? Because he's not the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. No, no, no. I- Again, I said LeBron was a better player, but he did it better than anyone else, with the exception of LeBron. Okay, 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 okay. hold on now, because I got. Not, you. So I'm not wrong. Because you think LeBron's a better player, therefore MJ's not the greatest player in NBA history, which is my point. He's misunderstood. Now, he, there's definitely he definitely could be the second best. Yes, what, what but I'm saying, you're, you're trying to make it sound like there were a handful of players no, that no, had no, a no, greater no, impact. No. Yeah, than, yeah. When, when he Michael said, Jordan. you know, the whole top I don't five, know, top I four, yeah. yeah, the whole that top five, that was, that was a little left field, which is fine. Yeah. But in order to make this argument, he has to point out all. All of these things he has said, just so people can understand, because for some reason we still hold MJ to this standard that I don't understand. No, if we ever had an MJ LeBron debate, I'd sign with LeBron ten times out of ten. But what I'm saying is, you I can't underestimate MJ's greatness. No, we're and, just saying, and I'll we're leave the Bulls win one championship. We're saying, okay, we're, we're not saying, saying we're, not we're, not saying. Saying. we're just saying he's slightly, slightly overrated. Yeah, correct. And a lot of has to do with the marketing. Correct. You know no, what I mean? and, and you're right. I completely agree with your point that. He was the best marketed player in NBA history. Fun fact: To this day, Michael Jordan makes five percent of all Jordan's uh, income and Jordan's like profit. Five percent, which it's is the, a lot. It's the brand. You see, you see, you see the Jordan logo. You think MJ, and you'll Every, always think that way. Everyone I'm wants to be guy. like Mike. Everybody. I'm a easy guy. I mean, man, you're a easy guy. Yeah. Those aren't easy on your feet right now, sir. Yeah, they are. He's lying. Okay, I'll show you after the show. <laughs> I got a new pair coming in tomorrow too. Hey, there we go. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so how much time do we have left? 
I don't want to go over and get in trouble. Ten minutes? Okay, let's get into this then, guys. Another topic that I think is also really fun to talk about, now that I have both of you in here, we don't know, actually, the next time will be next week. But, regardless, is let's talk about the uh, what I would believe to be the inevitable decline of the NFL. And, uh, E-Man, you go first. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is the NFL going to one day not become America's number one sport? And will it actually maybe fall apart to the point where it's a slow-level sport? I'm not going to talk about next year, maybe even 50 years from now. But it, it, It's definitely not going to be America's number one sport. And there you think is, that's more there, of a 10-year there, thing? Is, is Mark Cuban has no, said no, no, in no. 10 years, right? I, I don't think it's going to be 10 years. I think that's an exaggeration by a lot of people who think it will go away. I think in 50 years or so, uh, the NFL either will be close to gone or gone. Uh, but that, that's, well, tell the people that's why, half then. a century down the road. I, I think that's because of multiple things. It started with the whole concussion issue and players uh, with the after effects of their careers and Basically, it affected their health. It shortened their lifespan. So people started to take notice to that. It decreased participation. And I think that's going to be the ultimate downfall where you're not going to have a next generation. But, so and, so and it's, it's going to be almost a generational decline. It's, it's going to be a generational okay. decline. But now, when you pile on all the other things that are going wrong with the NFL, uh, what a touchdown catch, the rules problem that every, <laughs> everyone's debating, uh, the political aspect. The whole kneeling for the national anthem thing isn't helping their cause with ratings. Do you think it affects the ratings? Because I believe it actually doesn't. Uh, all right, well, that, that, that's a different well, that's, debate. That's, yeah, that's a different debate. It's a different debate. Uh, the whole rules thing between a touchdown catch, the what's an overboard touchdown celebration, not handled well. It's not properly run the league, and you add in the political aspect. That I don't think it's helping. I, I just don't think it's helping. You add in those other factors to the fact that they're not going to have. This next generation, I think this is a dying sport. Okay, uh, not in ten years, maybe. It's in half still a around. It's just maybe not it's, the number one most it's dominant. It's going to be a gradual decline. Okay, and I think it's inevitable that the NFL is headed out. Many the NFL has been struggling, and I mean that in the sense of uh, we've been seeing a lot of great games on TV. We've seen a lot of great Super Bowls. I wouldn't say great, but the last couple Super Bowls, pretty good things to to, uh, to actually view. But if you want to look at outside of the, the games and the performances that, that are being produced, you're dealing with the, the whole injuries problems. We're talking about concussions, CTE, um, the ACL injuries, guys, you know, just literally passing out on the field and not moving in certain in, uh, certain instances. We have guys this year who are not even getting touched by other players and who are getting hurt. And then you want to deal with the other thing the NFL is dealing with off off the field. If you think about the, the, uh, the Ray Rice incident. Yep. Think about Greg Hardy. Think about now Colin Kaepernick and how certainly Papa John's is like pulling, you know, every, yeah. everything about the NFL is negative. Roger Goodell, and now you got Trump, you know, just playing on with the NFL and what's going on. There's not that much overall, I want to say good. I want to say it's like bad, but it's not that much, you know, to cheer for, to be happy about. If you're not someone who's a, a diehard NFL player or, or fan, that it looks like something appeasing or appealing to you, where the fact that we have a lot of, Young kids, you know, the Pop Warner Leagues, that parents just don't want their kids to do it. Would you, if you have a son or daughter, okay, well, I think, I'm not saying girls can't play football, but still. So you, let's just say you have a son. Would you want him to play football? Would you encourage him to, or would you, like, be hesitant? Here's the thing. And you're a football player. Yeah. So, so as as someone who played already, I would never want to have my uh, past life influence my child. Yeah. If they want to play sports, they can go ahead and play. If you want to play football, yeah, sure. I would never tell them no to football. Okay. This is why I will tell them. You have a certain amount of injuries till you're checked out. <laughs> like seriously, my little brother, he, uh, my little brother, he, uh, he played football as well in high school. Uh, he tore his ACL twice. 
And he was like, yeah, I'm going to uh, talk to this uh, coach in this school and that. I said, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're done. Like, it's, 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 I'm a very, like, straightforward, direct person. You were done. Like, there's, there's no point of you trying to risk that. You know, there's one thing about, like, me personally, I've, had, I've been here for them for freaking ever. For five years. I played for five years. And in five years, I've had four surgeries. And I need another one, to be quite honest with you. And the, the thing is about surgeries, they're a quick fix. All right? They're a quick fix. And in about 20, 30 years down the road, that body part's not going to feel the same. It's not, it's not going to feel good at all. So you got to know what you're getting into. And if you can handle that, then go ahead and do what you got to do. But there's certain people who can't handle it. There's certain people who can. There's people who don't know if they can. And there's a lot of parents who know that they don't want their and- child to handle it. And you think that, like even what E-Man says, you think that's the number one thing that will lead to its decline. Out of all the problems, the injuries would be the ones to lead to its decline. Yeah, and I agree with Manny in the case that if my kid made a compelling case to me to play football, I'm not going to stand in their yeah, way. But if it's between football and another sport that's not going to harm them, I'm not going to sign them up for football. It's it's just the risk factor. It, there's a, I mean, all here's the funny thing. You get injured in all sports, but there's a yeah. lesser degree in other sports. That's that's what the and long term effect. It's a long term effect too. If there's the thing about a lot of people have asked me, oh, like, why do you still play football if you know about the concussions and all this and that and the third? I know about that. I know the risks I'm taking, and I know the love I have for the game. So I'm in it, and I'm in it to win it. And I mean, win it. I'm in it to win every injury risk that comes with it. You know. Yeah, I got it. No, it's it's funny the dichotomy or of mindsets. I, it's seeing, so is seeing a player because it's what I've heard from a lot of other players. Whether like there are other guys I know that play college or even high school, or like you've you've heard pro guys that that WFUV covers. I've seen the questions asked, and they have that same t- type of take. Um, as somebody who peaked as a sophomore in high school athletically, uh, I'm not going to have maybe that same. That's not true. Really. I've seen you play basketball. Um, I do it. waddle up the court pretty fast. <laughs> what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, regardless of my talent level, whatever, what I'll say is that my kid is going to – I think the NFL is going to be on the decline. I think it's, it's exactly for the same reason what you guys are saying. And, it, and it's kind of – I reference this a lot, I feel like, but Malcolm Gladwell, the famous author, mentioned this in an interview I remember with Colin Cowherd a couple years ago. I think when he was back with ESPN, and he talked about the ghettoization of the NFL. And he meant it in the sense that it's kind of – he thinks the NFL is going – to become kind of how our armed forces are, unfortunately, where it's the poor demographics of people in this country who don't have nearly as many options, uh, usually due to their, their their monetary situations, that they go into the army because you know that gives them opportunities that other paths won't. Same with the football. It's like you coming you're coming from a poor neighborhood, which many great football players do. Unfortunately, you come from a hard living situation, and football for many people, I'm sure you know people, I know people, like football is their only way out of wherever the situation they're that's in, right. and that's the ones that are going to f- pursue it. But, like, if I have a kid one day or you have a kid and hopefully we're all successful enough to be able to give our families options, I will trip to my son, you need to prove to me that you want to play. Because I, I put, push him towards soccer, baseball, hockey, football, I mean, basketball. Football, he's going to have to really want to do it or she's going to have to really want to do it because you're right. I think that's the reason this league's going to fall apart in 50 years because people like us who are not – we're fans of the game. Yeah. Imagine if you're not a big fan of the game and your uh, yeah. kid wants to play. Yeah. It's like, right? uh, what are you doing? And, and there are going to be those really, really gifted athletes who want to make a living through football, uh, want, want to provide for themselves and their families through football, and they'll turn in the stars of the next generation. Fine. But those borderline players who really have to work and what just are you work risking it for? and work to get to the NFL and be those okay, maybe, maybe second, third team options – they're not going to have as much motive 
to, to play this sport. What Again, what are you doing it for? Uh, so I think that's what football is going to lose, and I think that's what's going to ultimately bring it downhill because you're not going to have that and you can, you can still love the sport, even if it's not the most popular in the country. Oh, if you're, yeah. if you're a fan legend. listening right now and you're getting all mad and wagging your finger, just because you're not the most popular doesn't Don't mean we're saying me. the sport's horrible. Yeah. What we're saying is that I think, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but you guys can agree if you want. This is the inevitable downcline of the NFL has already begun. It's possible. I, I'm never going to give up on the sport because how much I love the damn thing, but it is possible. I, the, the way my mother talks about it, I know it's possible. The way <laughs> so many parents I know talk about it, it's, it's ridiculous. All right, guys. It's been real fun. Anything else you guys want to say before we get going? Uh, listen, baby, I'm back, and I'm back better than ever. All right, so let's uh, let's do this thing. Let's right, have you're back. Fun. Well, I'll be the one to determine if it's better than ever. I'm better than ever. You look a little shorter. <laughs> I'm sitting down, Reed. Don't try to discredit me. This has been fun. It's been it has. Fun. Thanks, man, for your your uh, was it world premiere on the Thirty Minute it, it, Week. Yes, it's been fun. We we have fans all over the world now. Don't, um, don't lie to them. We yeah, do. no, and we love you guys for all the support you have. Again, you guys can follow us on Twitter. Give us your responses. We always love to hear from you. Email us at um, Thirty Minute Week Podcast at gmail dot com. All this cool stuff. Follow all of other FUV's other great podcasts. We'll be back next Tuesday for you with some other great fun topics. Until then, yeah, I'm Reed yeah. Warner. Mania Dei, Emmanuel, say the last name? Barbari. Emmanuel Barbari. <laughs> Get him on. Get him on the show. This is a wrap. We'll see you next week, guys. This has been the 30 Minute Week Podcast. <laughs>